0: Hello, and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori, and my husband, David, and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go.
1: Well, here we are. This is uh, is this what they call season three? Is this what they call it? Who's they? I don't, I don't know. Like uh, I think I think this is episode 102, so it'll be like season it's, three. It's definitely season three. I feel like we're a Seinfeld or something.
0: I feel like at the end of hundred episodes, you had to start a new
1: season. Okay. So here we are in the new season, right, boss? Yes, boss. <laughs> so I I, I call her boss because what we're gonna talk about today. Now, this is a little tiny pet peeve. Look, we're gonna talk about we're going to talk about etiquette and manners in business and what it means and how to get ahead. And we're going to talk about manners and and just life in general and where they went to. If anybody out there right now knows where manners um, took off to where they're hiding, who's who kidnapped manners, do me a favor. Let me know. I'd like to, I'd like to see what happened to good old fashioned manners in life Mm -hmm. and especially in business. Mm -hmm. So I start off with some kind of trivial when people, when people, and usually it's younger kids, yo, what's up boss. How can I help you, boss?
0: <laughs> you don't like when someone calls you boss?
1: Uh, it's like chief or what's up, captain? What's going on there, chief?
0: When they say brother.
1: Well, brother is different, but because brother's kind of like biblical. And, and again, I'm being trivial, but <laughs> totally true. But what's your biggest pet peeve? Like in terms of manners and tr- in business, anything.
0: Oh, I hate. Well, I, I don't like when I'm being interrupted. Yeah. Interrupting someone is and, and I do it sometimes. I know I do it sometimes, but um I catch myself, you know. I automatically think to myself, oh my gosh, how bad do I hate that well, myself?
1: But yeah, I don't let, let me interrupt you for a second there. Um <laughs> <laughs> why did, why do we interrupt people?
0: Because we're not listening and we feel the need that what we have to say is more important.
1: Well, okay, so there's two things. Either we feel like what we have to say is more important and we don't listen, or
0: we're, we're just
1: so worried about we're going to forget because we are in this culture of busyness. That's what the turned on book was about. That's what we teach. We're in this culture of busyness. We're in this culture of messaging where we're receiving thousands of messages a day. Your alarms going off, Your um, someone's at the door, the dog's barking, the kids are crying, the UPS guy has a delivery for you. Your Instagram messenger is going off. Your Facebook messenger is going off. Your email just being. So what happens is we can't relax. Sometimes we can't relax. But how we conduct ourselves is within our control. And that's where we're going to go today. If you want to get ahead in business, if you want to get ahead in your personal life, if you want to stand out, if you want to stand out, it's very easy. Use your manners. And it's not old fashioned. It's not lame. It's not stupid. Manners are always in style. So Couple of other pet peeves that are funny is my biggest pet peeve, and this is more in general. When I allow somebody to cross in front of me in traffic, if they're in a car and I don't get the old wave, you know, like the nod or the wave or the thumbs up, and I stopped my car to let them into traffic, I need a wave. <laughs> I need a nod. I need a wave. I need a thumbs up. Even more important, I think, is when someone's walking across the street and your car stops and they don't. They don't acknowledge the stop. This is like Seinfeld, isn't it? Oh, yeah. This is just like they don't acknowledge the stop or they don't do at least a little pick me up hustle. So the proper etiquette is when someone stops to let you cross in front of them. I do the little pick me up hustle just a little quickening my step and I give them the old peace sign or the nod to let them know that I appreciate that. All right. (laughs) What about (laughs) what about this? We were just at my parents' house for a week. Yes. How do you feel about speakerphone?
0: Um I don't know if I should say hi I, I don't think there should be a speakerphone option <laughs> for a certain age
1: group. No. Why? This transcends. I was in the grocery store a couple of weeks ago and there was a young girl in there. I
0: think it can only it should only be able to be used in unique situations when you have to be hands-free and no one else is around. Yes. And your phone should intuitively tell you. That, that's okay. Or it's not okay.
1: And, and this young girl who was 23 tops in the grocery store for at least seven aisles, like every aisle I went down, she came down the next aisle and I was trying to get away from her. And she was on a speakerphone conversation throughout the grocery store, very casual, oblivious to anybody else. And here's the thing. I don't want to know your personal business. What was she talking about? It, it was personal. It was, it was like a personal conversation, but it was loud and annoying. Like I'd rather, I'd rather hear the, you know, the elevator music or sometimes at our grocery store, they play some really good, like new wave or, or they play like journey or they'll be playing, you know, like, you know, we have a new grocery store. Yeah, But anyway, let's digress. Let's talk about facts. So there's our, there's our things we're kind of asking you to come into the conversation. Some of these things are silly and petty. But yeah, my parents like they really love that speakerphone, and it rings, and then they answer on speakerphone, and they talk on speakerphone, and that was a one of the reasons why we had to cut our little vision. Can I short. tell
0: you one of my business etiquettes?
1: Give me some business etiquette.
0: Okay, when you schedule a call with someone, particularly a mentor, and you don't specify what the call's about you get them on the phone to, because you tell them it's, you know, it's urgent or something that you'd like to talk about. And then when you're on there, you don't get to the point. Mm. I have, I cannot stand okay. having to sit on a call when someone has no real reason why they have you on the call. Yeah. Like I try my best that if I'm reaching out to somebody that I have to make a point. There is a well that would be like common sense. Message. This would yeah. be
1: common sense. Well, here's the other part. We, that's,
0: that's etiquette.
1: Yeah, we took a survey on our Facebook page of what are some of the things that bother you in business etiquette and in life. And you want to know what the number one answer was? What? The number one answer was people missing appointments or showing up late. One of my that's integrity. Steve Harvey, can I see showing up late? And then the little thing goes and it's the number one answer. You want to play or pass? I'm going to play. You're going to play. Okay. Number two. Uh, how about show me (laughs) missing appointments or continually rescheduling them? The worst, the worst look
0: integrity is saying a, and doing a, not saying a and doing B. So that includes appointments. Now we all know that sometimes, you know, acts of God or you're sick or whatever, and you just can't do something. That's one thing. But continually scheduling, especially when the ones that mm-hmm. say, God, I re- I really want to do it this time. I really need help. I would love for this blank. And then you schedule the appointment, you rearrange your day yep. and you show up and they don't without even the courtesy,
1: but this happens a lot now. A lot. And the reason why let's go back to, cause we're busy and everybody's got their head in a million different places. Even though we have reminders, oh. we have reminders on our phones. We have reminders on our computers. I disagree. Okay. I by, the way, that- by the way, by the way, etiquette, I we're on a tile floor here. And I just, I moved the chair and it sounded like someone was passing gas I just want to know let people know that's not a fart sound that was the chair that's it's an etiquette thing I would never do that on a podcast (laughs) I would never do that on a podcast or a zoom call it's the chair
0: did not on the
1: tile okay I'm just making sure um
0: I am I I disagree I don't care how distracted now if something does not get on my calendar because because of a distraction or because Of whatever reason, I will totally own that responsibility. It's happened to me maybe twice, tops three times where I've missed something because it was not on my calendar for whatever reason. But when someone does not show up, not because of lack of distraction, but just lack of integrity and lack of wherewithal and lack of regard for the time that you're taking from somebody else. I, you've already shown me the type of leader you're going to be. Okay. You've already shown
1: me. Well, what we have to do is we have to look at what, what, what we think and then weigh it against what maybe the experts think and what you guys said in your poll. So let's get to some other thoughts here in terms of business etiquette. We're going to get to personal life etiquette in a second. Thomas C. Corley, he wrote a book called change your habits, change your life. Mm -hmm. and he spent five years researching the daily habits of 177 self-made millionaires okay studied millionaires and he identifies what he calls rich habits and poverty habits now
0: there's a pet peeve in that sentence i hate the term self-made millionaire okay I don't think anyone's self-made.
1: Okay. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I'm just going to identify his three things in business. Now, some of these might seem silly. Matter of fact, if I had you guess what these three things were, it's nothing that we've really said before. It's nothing that we've talked about. All right, let's go. So let's see what he says. He says, number one, out of these three things, send thank you cards. Mm. Interesting. He said, don't send an email or Facebook message. He emphasizes a physical handwritten card. Now I've done that with people that have taken my speak up class. Yes. I believe I believe that when people pay you and you have an intimate relationship with somebody in business,
0: yeah,
1: uh, I'm a big believer in the personalized, old school, yep. handwritten card. That is the extra. A little something, something. That is the extra. A little something, something.
0: Do you say thank you for the thank you
1: card? Oh, now, you, now we're really a Seinfeld episode. This is like George, be like, well, do I say thank you for the thank you card? And what if they thank me for the thank you card? Do I thank them back?
0: Yeah, I mean- I always thank for the thank you card, but I don't send a card to thank for the card.
1: Oh, geez. See, now our listener's like, oh my God, I'm already tired. I mean, oh. you've already got me. Okay. So the thank you card. The next thing is interesting bring your manners to the dinner table. Mm. He says, believe it or not, most people don't know how to eat. In the adult world of high achievers, you need to know how to eat in social settings. Ooh. Now, this is going to blow. I, I know I've told you before, and even you were like, really? the listeners, this is going to be funny. When I was 17, I enrolled in an etiquette course. You did? Or you yes. You? Like, no, I enrolled in it like a personal, like three month long etiquette course where we learn how to introduce people who gets introduced first, the woman or the, or the boss. You know, when you're in situations like that, is it rank or is it gender? Uh, we talked about how to do certain things in terms of handshakes, how to walk even how to walk properly. It was one of those etiquette courses where you literally walked with a book on your head for posture. Do you still do these things? Do you think about them? You know what? I do. And here's the thing I think about most because I failed the dinner test and that's why I brought this up. (laughs) So imagine this guys, first of all, I'm 17. So we go through this course and I'm the youngest guy there. And then we go out to dinner with the, the instructor. She's a female. And the dinner was like a test of our etiquette. Now it's, this is real etiquette and it was exhausting. So in other words, you pick up your knife and fork. And if your knife is in your right hand and you have chicken or steak, you cut a piece. You're supposed to put the knife down at the top, yeah. switch the fork to your right hand and eat a piece. Yeah, And that's exhausting, but.
0: I've done it. I do it at, I do it at the dinner table. Okay. Not all the time, but I try.
1: so right now, people are like, "Whoa, like that's serious, But here's the funny part. It, there's a good anecdote here. So I get an iced tea because I'm not old enough to have an adult beverage at the time. And I'm sitting there nervous that I'm gonna pass this test. And here's what happens is we're so programmed, I take the straw out of the wrapper, <laughs> and, I, and I, I dipped it in my iced tea, and I took it out, and I licked it, and then I put the straw back down. Wow. Why I did it, I don't know. Wow. And as I looked up, the instructor was looking at me like, really? Did you just lick your straw and put it on the table at, at your etiquette final?
0: Oh, my gosh. I can totally see you doing something like mm-hmm. that.
1: Well, I mean, we want to give you guys meat and potatoes, oh. but if you're doing a lot of dinners, I mean, I don't know in the COVID era if we're doing a lot more dinners like we used to in business, but it is really nice to see people use some table decor decorum or etiquette, whether or not just chilling with their mouth open or, you know, slobbering all over the place or whatever it may, be. blowing their nose at the table. Oh, I hate do you know that. people who blow their nose at the table? My dad used to do that. Mm. That's a no-no. <laughs>
0: That's a no-no.
1: I mean, when someone blows their nose at the dinner table, I want to vomit. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Because where are they going to put it? They're not getting enough to put it away. They're going to put it in their pocket? Yeah. You're going to put it right there on your lap?
0: Right. Back on the plate.
1: <laughs> you know that, man? Old timers. You remember the movie? Oh, uh, yeah. What? 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 What movie? The Odd Couple? Golden Child. Eddie Murphy. Oh, I didn't see that one. What? No, I didn't. You didn't see Golden Child? I know what we're watching tonight golden child with eddie murphy there's the sherpa there and the sherpa eddie murphy's watching him pick his nose and he just wipes on his jacket eddie murphy oh. looks at it and he goes so just gonna leave that booger right there in your jacket <laughs> oh my God. that's awful all right i don't want to gross you guys out gross all right send thank you cards bring your manners to the dinner table and i like this one this one's big introduce yourself properly this means giving a proper handshake smiling eye contact and asking questions about the other person. So this goes for cocktail parties. This goes for coffee shops. This goes for mixers. Um, Whatever you want to say in Speak Up, we teach you have to have a firm handshake, look the person in the eye, smile, and eye contact. Ladies and gentlemen listening to this, if you want to increase your business, if you want to increase your confidence, if you want to increase people's uh, faith and trust in you as a Qualified business person, the two easiest things you can do are eye contact and smile. It's easy, but it's so often overlooked. Yeah. So often. Don't be lame. And then ask questions about them. This goes back to interrupting. The the golden rule is if, especially if you're on the other end and you're trying to gain somebody's business, if you ask them a question and they answer, don't come back with your anecdote right away. Ask them a follow-up to their answer. If you get in the habit of asking somebody a follow-up question Mm -hmm. to the answer of your original question, all of a sudden you have taken interest in them as a person. And I guarantee you that will show through in your wallet.
0: I feel like you do a pretty good job of that. Probably your years of journalism.
1: Yeah, but I had to learn it because, you know, I have a story for every story. And by nature, uh-huh. I'm a talker.
0: And sometimes you get on a roll and, and you don't stop.
1: Yeah. You know, what happened is I have this wife and, and she would elbow me or knee me underneath the table and say, let people get a word in edgewise. It's, it's rough. So you helped me. It's rough. Sometimes. You trained me good.
0: So you're still a steamroller. Sometimes there are days when you're excited and I'm
1: like, I can't believe he's going with another
0: story right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what do you want me to do in times like that? Well, you're doing a good job. Okay. You're doing a good job. Going back to guys, going back to that dinner table stuff. So that was one guy who wrote that book. But here's another one. Tom Keene, editor of Bloomberg Television and Radio. Okay. He's no, he's no ham and egger. Nope. No ham and egger there. He says, memo to all those seeking gainful employment. Nothing kills the wine and dine interview. Like not knowing where the knife goes. Oh. After you cut into an expensive piece of New York strip steak. He writes this, he goes, I've interviewed so many job candidates and I've personally seen too many qualified and unfortunate people that never got ahead because for whatever reason, they never learned the basics of fork, fork, knife, spoon, spoon. Like this is the etiquette of it. Who do you think of when you think of etiquette and you think of someone who is what we'll call in a loving way, in a rotentive about the way people eat. Who do you think of it? I'll give you a hint that I know. Lou. Lou. (laughs) So we have a friend named Lou. I'll just call him Lou. And I love him because he lives in New York City and he pays so much attention to these things. And it's nice. Mm -hmm. It's nice. Mm -hmm. I like to see that. Okay. So So who would
0: have thought though that, that people are not getting jobs or being overlooked, or maybe not getting a business deal, because at the dinner table, they didn't know how to properly use their knife and fork.
1: Yeah. That's
0: rough. It's a rough reality.
1: Well, I mean, let's face it. This is not people that are applying for jobs at, at, you know, at places that are, you know, it's not like you're going out for a job interview at McDonald's. These are for, obviously, uh, executives, but... I don't want to put too much emphasis but i see it and we judge here's the thing humans judge and i tell people in my speak up class this i say if somebody is if you think you're not judging people if you don't think you don't judge do me a favor walk down the street and imagine some guy walking at you and he's got a knife in his hand guess what you're conditioned to judge you're conditioned to see things and make snap decisions It doesn't mean you're um, overreacting. It doesn't mean you're, um, what do you call it? Like um, profiling people. I'm just talking about how the basic human mind works. We are still kind of this creature of we have to protect ourselves. So if someone's walking down the street and they're coming with a knife in their hand, you're going to be like, okay, I should take notice. It's the same way that if you are looking at somebody eat and they're blowing their nose at the dinner table, you just can't ignore that. (laughs) You you just can't, it's a, it's an extreme example. Yeah. So. Okay. So
0: for our listeners. Yeah. What are some practical things? Okay. What are some practical things like, because.
1: Well, let's go back to business. Let's go back to the, let's go back to the big one. And these are, these are things that people have said in our poll Um, punctuality. We talked about that interrupting others. We talked about that. Um, Canceling meetings, we talked about that. The other thing, and this is big in today's day and age, listen up here. How many of your interactions in business are done in what we refer to and speak up as in the box, meaning you are in a Zoom box, you are in a uh, Microsoft Teams box, meaning you are in the confines of your video camera one of the big things we saw were people slouching or having just bad etiquette behavior on Zoom or conference calls. And that's yeah. big with me. Yeah, huge. That's big. Remember, we did we did um, some Zoom training and there was one couple that was kind of like in bed together. And, and I'm like, I feel like saying, guys, you're on a screen with dozens of other people. Yeah. Like, what are you doing over there? Not the time. I felt like I felt like the kid in uh, Vacation when he's at he's at in European Vacation where he's like, "Hey, Dad, remember?" No, I don't you're remember not good that. with movies, are you? I'm not. I'm okay. not terrible. Okay, so, with so every listener out there who's ever seen European Vacation, I won't repeat it because it's vulgar. But the kid was like, "Hey, Dad, I think he's gonna." He's like, "No, Russ, he's not gonna." Oh, yeah. I do remember yeah. that one. Yeah, and so this was on a Zoom call in bed with each other. I mean, clothed, but. From the peripheral, I didn't know what was going on over there. It looked like some sketchy stuff.
0: (laughs) I'll tell you one of my biggest pet peeves in business. Plagiarism. Preach it. Preach it. I, because in social media has made it a freaking playground for this, where someone will quote somebody verbatim and then put their handle on the bottom of the quote. And then their followers will slobber all over it, share it a thousand times without doing their research. Ooh. You guys Ooh. don't take Dale Carnegie's quotes and pull them off as your own. It just makes what? your following look like idiots
1: <laughs> and people. Yeah. And people know, you know, they know the quote.
0: Yeah. But the, obviously the people that are slobbering all over the person and sharing it don't know any better. Uh,
1: well. So here's
0: my two pet peeves quote the person and the people that are slobbering all over the quote go check your facts take copy and paste it into a google search and i guarantee you're going to pull up the real author
1: and there's there's nothing wrong with just saying hey so and so said this i believe in it this is why i believe in it and i tell people that all the time don't just throw a quote up that doesn't do you any good throw it up tell tell us how it changed your life tell me how it relates to what you do on a daily basis Give it some context. Yeah. If not, it's just a quote and you look like I'm just that's all I know how to do. I'm like a chimpanzee. A chimpanzee can copy and paste a quote and put it up. Well, there.
0: exactly. And I've I've literally had my my whole like business story ripped off okay. as, as their own. Okay. Copied and pasted it as sales copy to a video that was created. And I was like, that's my story. Yeah. That's my story. <laughs> you guys don't do that. Yeah. I don't care how well-written something is. Credit the person who it belongs to. Don't take, take someone's story or, or quote or whatever without crediting that person. It's a nice compliment for a second that it, it meant that much to you. But when you rip it off as your own, why are you doing that? Okay. I, ask that No, question. I agree. Ask I agree. that question. You, why, why would you do that?
1: Because we're, we're in a day and age where people want to feel, there's so they much competition to feel, to feel validated, to feel smart, to feel like they said something. And I get it, but let's go back. It is plagiarism.
0: It's 100% plagiarism. Okay. Speaking, It's not just plagiarism. It's, it's you guys start using, think for yourself.
1: Well, here's, here's, here's a very good example. I'll go to one book that most of you have read. If any of you guys have been in self-development, there's one book. It's a very simple book. It's got four simple lessons in it, and it's one of the most popular self-development books that was ever written, and it's called The Four Agreements. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And I won't go into all of them, but I think you know what, what I'm going to talk about. It's simple. It's true. It has to do with what you're saying right there, and it goes, be impeccable with your word. 100. Be impeccable with your word covers so much of this. It goes down to punctuality. Hey, I said I was going to be there at 10. I showed up at 10. Yeah. Hey, I'm not going to interrupt you because I respect you. Hey um I'm not going to sit there and and call you names because I respect you. So the other part of being impeccable with your word which is my big pet peeve in business today would somebody out there please let me know when it became acceptable to drop f-bombs oh, in business. Not good. When When was it acceptable to just meet somebody for the first time in a business situation and just start dropping F-bombs like it's nothing? It's all the time. I don't know if Gary
0: Vee made it popular or, I mean, I know Tony Robbins does it sometimes for Pattern Interrupt, which I don't necessarily agree with, but he does it. But I think there's the modern day influencer has made it okay to where it's become popular and now we think it's cool. So now it's used in social media, it's used in shareable tools, it's used in trainings, it's used in classrooms, and it's just like, you got to be kidding
1: me. We heard the girl today say she, was in, she went to a, a yoga class for the first a, time, yeah. and her yoga instructor started dropping F-bombs, and here's the big part, it was the owner of the studio. So it wasn't just the instructor, she was the entrepreneur, the proprietor, the owner of the studio, and she just lost, uh, she lost a customer. Yeah. And I think it was I think it was Gary V. Now, I appreciate Gary V. Yeah. But I don't appreciate that part. It's very hard as a Christian to separate it. And I I even made a comment one time on one of his threads. And I said, Gary, if you're so smart, you would think that you can make a, a point without having to use the F ball. And man, I was I was literally. Berated and called names, and I was dropped f bombs on, and I realized that wow, that's not my crowd.
0: That's his audience. You know what I
1: mean? It's his audience.
0: And look, if that works for you, then fine. I just feel that you know we we have to be sensitive to the fact that um if we're in, if you're in a public setting right now, if, if it's if it's on your social media and that's your following, then you know what, that's your page. That's, I don't have to follow it. It doesn't have to be in my eyeballs. But if I'm having a one-on-one meeting with somebody or if we're out to dinner, or if I paid to be somewhere and that's kind of the commonality of the way people talk, I'm going to realize that I probably paid, I paid money
1: to the wrong place. Yeah,
0: And that's a lesson for myself.
1: Well, I especially think as a Christian entrepreneur, with me, it's a deal breaker. Yeah. I mean, it's not a deal breaker if someone uses it, that, You know, but it, it, in the first sentence or two of I'm meeting you, and I know that's how you talk immediately. I'm like, this is probably not a person that I'm going to do a lot of business with.
0: Well, it just becomes,
1: it's distracting. I think that's the best way I can put it. It's distracting. Well, I think it just becomes a matter of courtesy. Like you don't know me. If you use it, like I have friends that use it and I'm like, I'm not talking to you anymore. I don't say that. No, of course not. I know plenty of friends that use it. And do have I stopped using it completely? I try to, but if I stub my toe, it might come out but I don't say it right away. And that's the thing. If you're meeting me for the first time out of courtesy, don't use it. It doesn't mean we'll never do business or I, I hate you or I can't be friends with you. It just means have courtesy for people because you don't know their values. You don't know their faith. And to yeah. some people it's a, it's a, it's a non-starter.
0: I think it's actually cooler if you don't. Um, one of our partners, Justin says things like what the crap all the time. Yeah. And um, uses the word frick and it's funny, you know what I mean, he's just a, a grown man, you know, th- making an emphasis on something without having to be like that. And
1: so well, we're seeing it even on like serious radio, which I know is not terrestrial radio, but I- I'm listening to sports shows now and the guys are dropping f-bombs on sports shows. Yeah, I the heard, hosts. I know I-, I heard one other day. you so- know, so I'm listening to a sports show in the car and I want to hear about the latest game. and my daughters are in there and this host thinks he's cool. And drops an f-bomb i was shocked I was yeah absolutely he was shocked. a punter too yeah he was a punter
0: what does that have to do with anything i don't know i don't know if they should be you yeah, know punters not they don't, <laughs> they don't cuss oh my god anyway oh my gosh
1: be All impeccable right. with your word here's the thing um and this is what the word says the word can i do that segue there you may so be impeccable with your word but what does the word say about words
0: Life and death are on the tongue.
1: Life and death are on the tongue. Corinthians 1, I mean, 1 Corinthians 15, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. So if you're hanging out with people who don't practice courtesy, who in their business are lackadaisical, then guess what? Chances are you're going to start to mimic that. You're going to start to mimic that because we are the some of the people we hang around. So if you hold yourself to be impeccable with your word and you start doing business with people who aren't, there's a good chance that that could wear off on you. Okay. Ephesians 4.29. This is the big one. This is the big one. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, Hmm. but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. So let's unpack that. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. Certainly that we could talk about vulgarities, but corrupting talk means in business, it's very uh, it's very common these days to see people or hear people bad mouth mm-hmm. because we are so emotional and our business is tied to our emotions and often our emotions and business is tied to social media. So it's very easy to let that corrupting talk come out. We are not prone to it but we recognize it. I'll repeat that. We are not prone to it. However, we try to recognize it. Okay. The second part is let only that talk come out of your mouth, which is good for building up. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Pastor Mark says, love builds up.
0: Knowledge puffs Puffs up.
1: Ooh, you got it. Look at that. Yeah. Say it again for the people, because this is so important. Pastor Mark Driscoll, love builds up knowledge puffs up so love teachers build people up yeah knowledge teachers puff themselves up yeah yeah and when he said that i was like this guy should be teaching this should be teaching business as well as faith yeah Mm -hmm. well because he says he says this think about this he says um, people who think that knowledge alone equals transformation are wrong knowledge in the context of a loving relationship equals transformation. In other words, information, we've heard this before, information does not equal transformation. Information in the context of a loving relationship. And by loving relationship could mean a brotherly, a business relationship. It doesn't necessarily mean like husband and wife or partners. And when Mark Driscoll said that, I said, I'm copying that. I'm using that in my course. I do like you do. I give him credit every single time where credit is due. Yeah. I do not plagiarize him. Please. But one more time, love builds up knowledge. Puffs up. Puffs up. Love it. Okay. So use your mouth for building up as it fits the occasion. If you're just being introduced to somebody, it's a brand new occasion. It's the first time is your language and words fitting the occasion so that it may give grace to those who hear? What does grace mean in this situation, Ange?
0: Let me see the quote again.
1: So that it may give grace, use it to build up as it fits the occasion so it may give grace to those who hear it.
0: Well, I'd have to see what the original text says. But giving grace, I mean, grace is, Grace is usually, um, that's the best word I can, I don't know how to describe grace, but like, besides what we know grace to be in the way someone moves or speaks or whatever, but grace from the Lord is like, all right, I'm giving you grace on that one because you made a mistake, you know, and I'm going to let that slide because of his grace is sufficient, but um, in
1: that context, well, great, grace is defined as courteous goodwill. Okay. Okay. Um, it's defined as elegance or refinement. So allow it to give goodwill and courtesy to people. Allow your speech uh, to bless people. And then if we go to that grace, Colossians uh, 4 6 says, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with what, Ange? Salt. Mm. So that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Again, seasoned with salt.
0: That's why you use salt in a recipe. Like yeah. you you got to have you have to have salt. You have to have truth. You have to have uh, something bold to offset um, the other flavor, if you will. You know, you have to offset it because. If we're just if we're just full of grace and we don't have the saltiness to something, then we're constantly letting things slide. We're constantly um, enabling a situation to not get better, or to not have a boundary, or to not receive
1: truth. Um, so that's why I think saltiness is yeah. so important well we we know and and we talked about this this morning is that words matter have power yeah words have power and it's no it's no coincidence that we have several 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 mentions of this in the book in god's word he tells us in proverbs 10 31 the mouth of the righteous produces wisdom but a perverse tongues will be cut out there's no there's no gray area there. A perverse tongue will be cut out. Okay? We want to produce wisdom. The lips of the righteous know what is appropriate, but the mouth of the wicked only what is perverse. So if we need a self-help book and we need these things, it's right there. And you know what? We've gone in such a another direction because of Hollywood, because that people have lost the word in their homes and this generation that's growing up thinks it's okay to just drop F-bombs. Um, we don't get back to being impeccable with our word. If that happens, where, where are we as a society? We always think of the English having manners, and sometimes we poke fun at them. But there is something about that. If you look at the letters of the soldiers from World War I and you read it, you think that's Shakespeare now. Yeah, yeah. These were guys that were 16 and 17 and 18, getting ready to go fight the war. And now it looks like Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. So where are we going? Is it progress? Can we look at how we're talking to each other now and say, wow, that's progress. Emojis. Emojis have taken over. Yeah. Slang
0: f Acronyms. Acronyms yeah.
1: So look, there's a lot to unpack here. I think we got way long on this and we got just to the business. So what we're going to have to do, Angie, is we're going to have to do part two because I got a whole new part two that is strictly for manners and how we're raising our children, manners in our society, how we treat one another. Manners on how men treat women and women treat men. This is a whole nother hour topic that we can get that I think is super important Yeah. that I think our listeners would love to hear. And I think what we can do to make the world a better place is just hold ourselves to a higher standard. We can't force other people to do things. And by God, we are not perfect. Like I said, we need grace. If I go out there and stub my toe on the way out of here and I let out an F-bomb, I'm going to feel like a hypocrite, but I want to, and I recognize it. And my goal is to be impeccable with my word. And by trying and seeing it, we're getting somewhere. And by setting an example for people in your business, on your team, in your house, in your community, now we're moving something. So we'll get to the second part later, huh?
0: Yeah. And I think that that's a topic that really needs to be talked about, especially when it comes to men and women in businesses in particularly because there's a lot going on there um, that I feel needs to be addressed. But again, we want to hear from you. You know, we want to make sure that we're talking about things that matter to you and that um, hit a chord and give you give you value on every single, you know, tone so please give us your feedback share the episodes um and leave us a review we appreciate it
1: all right look for us next time right here on the turn on podcast